Thank you, Lou. Thank you, Lee. I was saying at the 8 o'clock, I remember um, meeting with Lou and Lee not long before, um, not long after, rather, they, their first Sunday here, and then welcoming the whole Navarro family who, you know, walked into this place um, and embraced uh, each of us and all of us together making this community one with a true servant's heart. So thank you so much. Telling stories like this matters. It matters on a Sunday in particular, like this Sunday. This Sunday when um, we have lessons before us that are focused all on love. And that's the theme that runs through each and every one of our lessons this morning. It is an inclusive, unconditional, expansive love. And I think we're being reminded in, in these lessons that we have before us today about the joy with which God has so abundantly blessed us and invited us to be a, a seeker after and a servant of joy and love in a world that is so often painful and difficult and trying. Together, you and I form the body of Christ. And as Josh said in his sermon last week, you know, um, and actually Teresa of Avila in her prayer says, Christ has no body now but yours, no hands, no heart, no feet, but yours. So we become the extension of Christ's own body. Every time we are reminded by this sacred table about the sacredness of our baptismal vocation. Jana Orsinger um, wrote in her book, and it's so beautifully illustrated, her photography. Um, it's entitled, Love, Only Love. And the gift of the scriptures this morning really witnessed to what that kind of love actually, practically looks like. You know that there are and 13 laws and crying people to perform some kind of ritual act and practice. 365 of those 613 commandments order the Jewish people to abstain from other specific acts. That's a lot of boxes to check off. It's probably how scrupulosity got such a bad, because when you're paying attention to checking off your boxes, you are not paying attention to the orientation of your heart. And that's what impresses me most about the two commandments that Jesus says are the greatest. That they are not, neither one of these commandments are either about performing an outward act or abstaining from an outward act. They are about being inwardly grounded in love. Loving God with all, not some, in reserve. All our heart, all our mind, all our body, all our strength, and loving our neighbors as ourselves. These two commandments are really all about our interior spiritual discipline. And perhaps we don't, or I don't, 
always take stock, take the pulse of what my interior spiritual landscape is like. There are times in my life when I am parched, at least my soul feels parched. And when that happens, I am invited to take stock, to name that in my life, and to tend to the landscape of my soul so that I have a reserve from which I draw in love to serve those I am privileged to serve in my life. These commandments are all about the state of our heart. And I think that is why when tested, Jesus said that he didn't come to destroy the law. It wasn't that these laws didn't matter. They mattered a lot. But they met what mattered even more than simply doing one's duty, was doing one's duty because of one's love. Because of one's love for God first, one's love and care for ourselves, one lo one's love for one's neighbor, everyone included. Our faith is a matter of the heart. The heart, and it was pure and simple in Jesus' time, because when they spoke about the heart, it wasn't about some romantic you know, ide idea ideology. The heart in the seat of Jewish wisdom at the time, was the, it was the seat of all wisdom, all emotion, heart, and that we, even the beginning of our, of our service of prayer, we acknowledge that when we say, Almighty God, to you, all hearts are open, all desires known and from you, no secrets are hid. That's the freedom we have in our love and faith in Jesus Christ. So it seems to me that what Jesus is saying is that if we get our interior self oriented toward checking off boxes, not rights, not wrongs, not being judges of ourselves or anyone else. But if we get the heart part right, the rest will come. It's really why I think that Jesus says it's not about burnt offerings. It's not about sin offerings. Because as Josh said in his sermon last week, God doesn't need the money. Well, God didn't need any of those particular kind of sacrifices either. What God wants from us and what Jesus came to show us how to do is to live with a servant's heart, with a desire to love and to serve as we have been loved and served by God first. So God has no desire for half-hearted actions. Indeed, I think what our God wants most of all is so clearly stated by Jesus. It's all of who we are all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, and all of our strength. But if you're like me, I like report cards. I always did like report cards, because I like to see the grade. And, you know, even as a competitive Irish dancer, it was about practice. It was about practice, practice, practice. The good news of God in Jesus Christ is spiritual practice, allows us to love more and more and more. And we don't need to be worried about perfection because you know what? God's got that covered for us. 
It's the power of the Holy Spirit working within us with good intention, with the freedom we have in our faith in Jesus Christ that will perfect us in love. So don't judge yourself so harshly. When you look in the mirror each day, see back in your reflection someone that God loves so unconditionally and so fully. Accept that love for yourself and know that you are worthy of that love. And then go and be that kind of love in the world. God will take care of the rest. And I don't mean that as some kind of willy-nilly, pie-in-the-sky kind of idea of God. God works with us as agents of love in this world. And that's hard. Because if you are like me, then there have been times in our lives when you and I have risked loving. And what we've experienced are some of the deepest wounds and the deepest healings we've needed in our lives because we have loved with abandon. But God asks us in Jesus Christ to love beyond the hurt, to love beyond the betrayal, to love beyond the ways in which you and I have either experienced a loss of love in our life or a wound that we never thought would be healed. But we're called to this circle, as Lou invited us this morning, to be agents of that kind of healing and agents of this kind of love in the world right now. And we do it, as Lou reminded us, we do it so much better when we do it together. Every table we sit at, every table we sit at, is connected to this one sacred table so that all the tables in which we sit at become Eucharistic ones. Eucharistic ones meaning Thanksgiving tables. It's, you know, it's really a matter of the interiority of our heart to recognize the boundless love that has brought us to this circle this day. So in the season of generosity, what is it that you might surrender? What is it that's tucked someplace in your heart? Someplace that you need to open up your heart space so that love can fully, fully enter in. How might you intentionally turn over to God whatever is tucked in that place in your heart that gets in the way of either accepting or offering love? I might even suggest a daily practice, a prayer practice, at the end of each day to recall the ways in which you offered love, resisted love, or embraced love to practice the intentional way of love, the way of Jesus, over and over and over again, is to work with the power of the Holy Spirit in perfecting our potential, the potential that's seated in every single one of us to love God with our whole heart, our whole strength, our whole mind, and our whole body. In his powerful book, Prayers for a Privileged People, the scholar, Walter Brueggemann, writes these really magnificent poems and prayers to God. And this one that I'm going to conclude with this morning is entitled, Perfectly Love. Walter writes, We pray as often as we meet that we might perfectly love you. Indeed, we have been commanded from the beginning to love you with all of our hearts and all of our souls and all of our minds and all of our strength. We have pledged to love, pledged in our prayers and in our baptism, 
in our confirmation and with our best resolve, but we confess we love you imperfectly. We love you with a divided heart, with a thousand other loves that are more compelling, with a reservation or a qualification here or there and a passion withheld and a devotion impaired. We do not now come to pretend before you, but to confess that we do not as we are loving you perfectly. We do not keep your commands. We do not order our lives by your purpose. We do not tilt toward you as our deepest affection. But we would. We would love you and love you more perfectly by the taste of the bread that becomes your flesh and we receive, by the praise of our lips beyond our usual reasoning, by the commandments that are not burden but joy to us by embracing your passion for our neighbors as ourselves, by your ways of justice and peace and mercy, and by honoring the world you have made, all creatures great and small, by self-care that knows you as our creator. Lead us past our shabby commitments and our sometimes cheap devotion. Lead us into singleness of heart and purity of vision, an inclusive circle of love that we may will one thing and answer back in love to your great love for us. So free us from idolatries, tender our hearts, gentle our lips, open our hands that we may turn toward you fully, wholly, deeply and toward your world unguardedly and lavishly. Let us bask in your freedom to be fully yours and so trusting fully our own as given by you. We pray all of this through the Lord Jesus who loved you singularly, perfectly, fully. May you and I on this Sunday, this gorgeous, gorgeous gift of a day, may you and I be the seekers after love the vessels containing love and the agents of love in the world. Amen. Amen.